This is that stack of books. We're in Nancy Pearl and me, Steve, share. Uh, see if we can keep piling it on until it finally topples over by your bed. Nancy, it's good to see you. Great to be here. I love being back with you on the Magic of Radio podcast. Me too, and <laughs> I just so exciting that we have um, yeah, a, 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 a lengthy time, especially in radio terms, to discuss um, books. Yeah, books we love. We're we're at Bryant Corner Cafe. Where you do you run that uh, little free library out there, or you just contribute to I, it? I contribute a lot to it. I all of my um, advanced readers' copies uh, go to them when I'm done with them. Oh, you do, oh, so everybody gets to see what you're reading. Yes. Oh, and I love you know I love advanced reader copies because they're plain. And they have sort of information on them that isn't going to be in the final book. Like, but I don't know, I just feel engaged in the book even more because I know it's, a, it's an early edition. But sometimes they're missing the table, jack, of the table of contents, the jacket cover, pictures. Index. Index, uh, right. Uh, better proofreading. Right, De- <laughs> definitely better proofreading. We hope that it gets corrected in the final one. And before I talk about a book... Uh, that I have only read in um, advanced reading, uh, an advanced reader's copy, I always go back and look at the finished book to make sure that any any quotes are the way I feel like they were in the original one. I'm, but I'm reading, for example, um, right now, a biography of Nelson Rockefeller. Oh, really? A, yeah, the new one? Uh, the new one by Richard Norton Smith. Yeah. And, um, and it's fascinating, and there's so many things that I've learned already about Rockefeller that I didn't know, but there's no pictures. Mm. And, you know, when he talks about his first wife, um, uh, um, who he, whom he called Todd, um, you know, he said that one of the first things he said to his parents was there are three things that are, that I, you know, that are three strikes against her in terms of marrying her. One, she's a little taller than he was. <laughs> Two, she wasn't very good looking. That was the second one. And the third one, and I, and I thought, well, I'd like to see a picture of her now. I thought they called her Happy. No, Happy was the second oh. wife. Happy was his second wife. Oh. Yes. You know, um, Richard Norton Smith ran out of presidents to, to write about, so he went to the also-rans. <laughs> I, uh, I was reading, I am reading Garth Stein's new novel, uh-huh. The Sudden Light, uh-huh. and I, had, I originally had it as a, uh, uh, you a, know, galley. a galley, and, and I felt the same way. I didn't, it, it had, at least had the cover copy but I, mm-hmm. I will say that I, I felt I, w- I liked it I felt like I was in on the early secret but right. then it was oh I I don't have the uh, I don't have all the other stuff I need right. to enjoy this book all right so our idea here we're, so we're at the Bryant Cafe look you guys have already sat down hi you guys you, you're not on mic so you you know we're just hearing you in the distance but that's all right um, is that we're going to gather uh, people's thoughts and opinions about the books they're reading there's some folks over there with a big stack of books themselves but you have a big stack of books in front of you. So are these books you have been thinking about? Have you no, read? No, these are books. This stack is books that I've read very recently or or in one case in the midst of. I'm in the midst of this. Truth by truth Peter Temple? By Peter Temple. Uh, we'll start with that. Who's okay. he? Who he? So uh, Peter Temple is an Australian crime writer who has won many, many, many awards in Australia. Not so many awards here, um, if any. And I love, I love Peter Temple. And I discovered Peter Temple from his book, The Broken Shore, which is a thriller, which we talked about years yeah, ago. Yeah. And in, in, in Peter Temple's mysteries, it, there's always going to be a lot about uh, subtly, but a lot about Australia's history, the relationship with the Aboriginals, um, what a what an integrated police force is like, and this one is set. You know, um, this is set in Melbourne, where he's from, where Peter Temple is from, and it it really is is set at the time Melbourne was under a terrible drought for a number of years, and this is set during the drought. So it's it's just really um, 
but it's a it's a real police procedural. It's a crime novel, but it's it's so much more than that. And I have to say, he also did a series of books featuring a guy. Um, named Jack Irish and Acorn TV, which is my new favorite, um, my new favorite TV station. Acorn TV has all of the Jack Irish, the two series of the Jack oh. Irish books. So I, Peter Temple is not a well-known mystery writer, thriller writer, crime writer in the states, but he sure should be. You know, I um, and you feel like you're in. Uh you feel like you're in Australia. Yeah, yes, you do. And it's, a, and it's not the Australia. It isn't the Australia that, uh, that tourists generally see. Oh, you know, I have been reading, I think I've told you this before, I've been reading Donna Leone's books mm-hmm. about Guido Brunetti set in, uh, in Venice, and I've read the, the Camilleri books, Montalbano, uh, who I didn't know was based on a Spanish the, the name Montalbano came from um, a, a, a Spanish writer that uh, the Camilleri respected, who also wrote a series of oh. mystery novels set in Spain. Oh, uh, very few of them translated. I have to, I have to look up his his uh, the name of his uh, character, but very few of them translated. But I've just gotten really excited about all the places I can travel in the world. With police procedurals, didn't we walk? Didn't we walk by at the university bookstore one time a, a book of noir and detective fiction yes, from, from all, all over Europe? Y- yes, yeah, and there's now going down to you know sort of drilling down. There's in that same series, there's like prison noir, and uh, you know I'm waiting for like Akron, Ohio noir. Well, there's there's <laughs> Phoenix like, noir, right? right. There, there's, yeah, there's Seattle noir, and there's Seattle noir, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. John Talton, he writes for, the, writes for the Times. He writes, he's got four or five, no, he's got more than that, books set in Phoenix. Yeah. And they're, a, they're detective yeah. noirs. And I think Portland has, I think, it's the whole series. I think they're, I mean, it's a great idea if you like noir. Noir is a little too scary for me if it gets too noir. This isn't noirish, Peter Temple, true? No, it's not. I mean, there are gruesome, gruesome issues that occur. But it's not, um, it, 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 it isn't, as I understand, noir. It isn't n- noir. But, you know, with a, with a crime novel called Truth and a whole sort of issue about police um, yeah. integrity, etc., you get complicated stories with Peter Temple, which is what I enjoy. That's great. What's MMK? Okay, here's one. This is really, I found, this is really interesting because of my response to it. So this is a rereading. I reread this book because I was desperate for something to read. Basically, I've just been reading thrillers, and I really, I just wanted a little break, but I couldn't find at that moment anything that looked good. So I took off my bookshelf, MMK, The Sun and Morning which is the first volume of her autobiography. And MMK is best known for her, you know, sort of mega bestseller yeah. uh, soap opera, yeah. if you will, The Far Pavilions. Right. Is, Thank you. Yes. yes. And so yeah, it was all over the radio, all, yeah, all over. I mean, people loved it. People absolutely loved it. They so, made it into a movie a, or a, a TV, TV show, yeah. right? And so I read The Sudden Morning, and it's the kind of book, I love this book. She grew up in India. Her father um, worked for, you know, he was one of the um, English family. They were one of the English families who came over, so the father worked with the, with the British government there. And they spend a lot of time in Simla, which is a place that I've always wanted to go because I've read about it. And she loved it. She loved her Indian childhood. And there is nothing in there that is obviously racist or... um, Cringeworthy. Well, great, yes. Or cringeworthy. (laughs) Except that all the time I was reading this, I kept thinking, in light of all of the post-colonial studies that are happening... Why am I reading? I mean, I felt so guilty reading and enjoying this book. 
and it, it took away, I mean, it made me wish for that period of innocence that I had when I first read the oh, book. And man, that's too bad. But I understand, right? We are faced with new ways of looking at the world. Yes, and but but, but when it affects your when it affects your enjoyment of the book, I mean, I mean, really, if you read any writer who wrote Dorothy Sayers, um, uh, Agatha Christie, they were they were anti-Semitic, and that shows up in their books. And there are cringe-worthy sections. W. Somerset Mom, Jack London. I was reading some Jack yes. London recently and thought, wow. Yeah. This and, was in newspapers. And it was just, it was cringeworthy. And you, and you have to kind of step back and say, do I, do I look at this as though it were a picture of, of the period in which it was written? Well, yes, but does that excuse it? Well, I don't know. So, the, so the, I brought the MMK just because I think that was such an interesting response that I had. That is. Um, uh, it, and it, but Agatha Christie, who I've been rereading a little bit because I've been watching Miss Marple and the final Hercule Poirot on again Acorn TV, my favorite. Um, I, and they cut out all of those anti-Semitic references, and I ch- you know change people's names. Agatha Christie was, you know, I mean. Just as Hercule Poirot had, uh, you know, his egg-shaped head and his little gray cells, every Jewish character, or as they would say, Hebrew character, had, you know, a big nose, and they were in trade, uh, particularly things like the diamond trade. So really offensive to read, but be sad to live a life without reading any Agatha Christie. I don't know what the answer is. Well, we're educated enough to at least think about it. Yes. And there's, there's part of that. Yes. But it is interesting because you don't want to leave those people on the shelf, unread. And it does give you a sense of the time. I guess we have to understand their place in it. I mean, there are whole disciplines in academe that are just about this question. I know. I know. And, and, and the students that I've had over the last... 15 years in the iSchool here, I mean, they're majors. Several of them majored in these post-colonial studies. And if, if I ever said anything that, you know, slipped over into not recognizing the issues about post-colonial studies, you know, they told me. So I've become hyper-aware of that. It's funny, though. Reduces your enjoyment. <laughs> it does. You'll have, we have, but, but that's good in that. We have to be conscious of the changed yeah. world. Yeah, yeah. You have to read Rohinton Mystery, right? Or, you know, I, I mean, now I want to go back. Four of my favorite, favorite books about India are, the, are Paul Scott's The Raj Quartet. Right. And I, yeah. and I have no memory of those being overtly um, anti-Indian or any other I mean, it was just a picture of the British in India at that time. But just that subject, does that put a barrier? I don't know. It's just one of those things that reading brings up for us. What's the vacationers? Well, I love that you have this nine books or seven books, eight books, nine books. So the vacationers is um, a second novel by a woman named Emma Straub, very young. And this book is wonderful for people who love character-driven stories, character-driven novels, where it's the story of um, a family, mother, father, two pretty much grown-up children, and uh, and a gay couple who is very good friends of the parents who all travel to um, to Mallorca together for two weeks, and the book is told day by day about what's happening to all of 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 the of the people who are there who are in various um, various having various issues of their own. So. Um, 
the father has been forced to retire from his position at a magazine because he had an affair with a 23-year-old intern. Um, you know, the mother is furious. The the uh, the gay couple who are there are waiting to hear whether they're they they're trying to adopt a child, whether they'll get chosen by the adoptive mother. So there's a lot going on, but it's just it's just so interesting um, to read about the the different characters and how they all their 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 sort of connections, both familial connections, but their connections in other ways. So the reason I jumped to it after we were talking about post-colonial attitudes is this is a contemporary book and so we read it as contemporary readers so if there are gay gays in here they're right. in, they're they're embedded in our current right. culture i imagine there were people there are people who would look at a novel from an australian and only be able to think about australia's history of exploitation and degradation of their right. native people and they're interesting in peter temple's books there are characters living in Melbourne who in in his, characters in his books who can only think about Australia's history and that terrible guilt that they feel because of the way the the uh, the aboriginals were treated yeah that's so, interesting and it's very interesting and and he raises those questions wonderfully wonderfully well and very subtly in here I mean, he doesn't say, here's a list of questions that we need to work out. But, I mean, the characters have issues, and some of their issues revolve around that. Garth Stein's book, uh, The Sudden Light, has, so what wasn't in the, uh, in the uh, reader's version, uh, reviewer's copy that I have now, is The Study Guide at the end, which talks about set in the Northwest. So it talks about environmental exploitation, logging practices, Native American treatment. So in modern books, that's how we get to those sensibilities and ideas. I guess if MMK was was republished, we'd put a reader's guide in the back to ask those very questions as a right. way to sort of assuage our concerns. Right. All right. Yep. Um, so... We ha- ha- since part of the issue of doing this is that there are lots of people who yes. want to have conversations with Nancy Pearl about these and things, you. And, and me, I'm going to uh, I'm going to bring in our other mic. You do me a favor, sit, you lift your chair up a touch, if you can do that. There you go. Sometimes when I do these podcasts with Robert Horton, I say, "So should I leave that in or should I take that out?" The, the moment where the microphone is stuck <laughs> and you can't. Uh, you can't uh, get it or not. What do you think, Katie? So leave it in, take it out. Uh, I w- it depends, I think. For me personally, it would depend on how much it ruins the momentum of what you're working on. Right. <laughs> what you're working so, so Katie Sewell's helping us do this. Yeah. Fresh from her own podcast and her life in Rome. Yep, the bittersweet life. Look it up. <laughs> Look it up. Check it out. <laughs> Check it out. Uh, any any book comments before well, we... Well, one thing I was wondering, just because you mentioned the reader's guide at the end, I was wondering how you feel about those reader's guides. Yeah, that's a great question, because um, certainly more and more um, author, more and more publishers are going to that, are including reader's guides. And I think they're... I, my understanding is they're all done by freelancers, and so I think they vary greatly in how much they delve into real issues and how much is um, is just raising. I mean, partly those readers' guys are aimed at book groups because here's questions for you, and some of the questions are so um, are so. You know, unimportant or obvious that you kind of wonder why that question is there, or a question like, "What character did you like best?" I hate those kinds of questions because I think it doesn't. It you just give an answer and then it stops. Well, that's lazy. Yeah, yeah. That's like bad journalism. I mean, I think I think the best thing that readers' guides can do is give a context for the book. And um, I, and I think a book that's set in Australia currently, where the government 
um, very recently just apologized for the treatment of the aboriginals. Um, you know, understanding that role and the prejudice, or maybe even referring to like, um, what was that movie, the, the, the one about the fence? The, um, the rabbit, two, rabbit proof? or Rabbit proof fence, rabbit yes. Proof. Which, which, again, is so relevant, not necessarily to this particular um, Peter Temple, but certainly to the one, um, The Broken Shore, which I'm very eager to reread almost immediately as soon as I finish this. Um, okay. Who's with us? I'm Barbara. What are you reading right now? I just finished Ian... Ian uh, oh, and Ian McEwen's? McEwen's latest book. <laughs> oh, oh. Gripping. Gripping. All the way through. Yes. So do you remember the title? The Child Act. Yes, that's right. And so did you... Um, this is always interesting. Did you predict the ending? Did you know the ending? I did not know it. I suspected it. And were you right in your suspicions? Yes. Yes, pretty much. I mean, it's, it still seems like an open question. Uh-huh. Mostly, I was transfixed by how he got into the mind of that lady judge and how she grappled with so many questions and then how much research he had to do to have all that history of the law. Are you an Ian McEwen fan? I am now. <laughs> oh, but you weren't. I loved Atonement. Uh-huh. I don't remember liking the next one. Uh-huh. <laughs> and so means. did you pick this up because of atonement? Because of atonement, yes. So what's, your, what's her next book? Um, How do we add to that stack of yeah. books by the side of her? Well, um... Sounds like that Peter Temple book would be nice. Yeah, I saw you writing it down. Right. Yeah, yes. yeah. But I would do The Broken Shore. The okay. Peter Temple, I, I The Broken been, Shore. My husband has the um, And then um, I, there's a, another... A mystery crime novel called *The Cold, Cold Ground* by by McKinty, Adrian McKinty, and it's the first of a trilogy. Oh, you've talked about that many before. Times, yeah, I'd like to read that. But it's set in Ireland during the Troubles. Oh, even better. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So that would be. My husband's the mystery reader. Uh huh. We have a tradition before we go on a trip of going to the mystery bookstore and getting mysteries that take place in the place where we're uh-huh. going. And so, yeah. Ireland's well, there's. Um, I love doing that. And in Iceland, I just got it. Oh, yeah. And then there's a, um, an early Ian McEwen called Black Dogs, which is absolutely wonderful. That was my introduction to Ian McEwen years ago. Great. Black dogs. Black dogs. And, and it's referring to Churchill called his depression black dogs. The black dogs oh, are really? after me. Yeah. No, that would be relevant. See, I'm glad you sat down. That's the whole point of this show. Hear what people have <laughs> it was to say. serendipity that I just happened to see the Facebook. That is the best thing. That is the best thing yeah, of serendipity. Well, and plus, I'm so missed the three of you <laughs> on, on my mo- in my mornings at KOW. But Here we are. No, we'll leave that. We'll we'll do a little editing. Well, that's great. Um, can I ask another question? I'm reading. I wondered if you ever read two books at once, because that's what I'm currently doing right now. That are wildly different from yes. one another. I, I think if you're going to read two books at once, they almost need to be wildly different because otherwise, I think they would bleed into one another. So, what are you reading? I am reading. Uh, well, I just started, and I'll forget the author. So, hopefully, you know, this house is haunted by John. Something like I emailed it to you, Boyne or something like that. Oh, John Boyle. Boyle. John Boyle. Maybe that, that sounds right. Um, but. My friend suggested that I should wear, read something scary for the month of October. And so, oh, that's a nice idea. So I'm reading, I just started that one, and it's written in a Dickens prose style, and it takes place in the time when Dickens was alive. So, John then, Boyne, B-O-Y-N-E. Yeah, yeah, there you go. So I'm reading that one, and the contrast to that one is Little Men by Louisa May Alcott. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Which brings up the same issues in, as this MMK book. Yes. But, but I'm reading that one too, and that was mainly um, because 
my grandmothers, both their favorite books growing up were Little Women, the two Little Women uh -huh. books. And so I reread those and found them to be so meditative and so like, oh, life is wonderful. And Even when Beth dies? Well, yeah, but it's so beautifully written. So I guess it has this kind of hominess yeah. to it. And uh, then I've never read the ones about that came later on. Yeah. So I'm I'm slogging through it right now. There, there's a um, a Louisa May. There's a two Louisa May Alcott books that I don't think a lot of people read anymore. But they they were among my favorites. And one is called An Old Fashioned Girl. And and there's a section in it where this young man gives the three girls in the title, uh, three girls in the family, a different. Um, a different kind of flower, a little, you know, posies, and you're, and it says, but I bet you could guess which one he gave which flower to. And of course, being me knowing nothing about flowers or gardens or anything, I had no idea. So, but an old-fashioned girl, and then one called Jack and Jill. Oh, and you have to read those, Katie. I would love to talk to somebody about those. They're just great. This is an ongoing trend with me. I may be reading her. <laughs> Louisa Malcott? Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. Have you read Louise Malcott? I've never read her. years. It's high school. But you, that she was a big influence on you, well, right? Well, I, I, well, I, you know, I think if you were little and you wanted to write, then Joe... The Louisa May Alcott character was your heroine, and and then when she married, what I would consider the wrong person, it just you know it's heartbreaking. Yeah, I and, agree. Yeah, and then Amy, her bratty little sister, marries that She's guy. She's the angelic one, Nancy. She's the angelic one. In Little Men, they describe Amy's child all the time as yes. a little tiny princess with golden curls. And right. when she comes around, all the little men just want to serve her because she's such a beautiful little girl. Yeah. That's funny. <laughs> That's great. Hey, here's you know the magic of the of the the media. A couple of a couple of Facebook questions and some email questions. So we created this page. People will find us through our own accounts and you, but that stack of books, there's a Facebook page, and there's also a, a, a Twitter feed, that stack, because somebody had that stack of books on Twitter. It may have been me. I may have set it up earlier and then <laughs> forgot. Anyways, it's now called at that stack. Um, a lot of people saying they're great, it's happening. Here's what Linda Thomas wrote. Fabulous idea. Sorry I can't be there at this time. Reading The History of Love by Nicole Kraus. Also, hi to Nancy. We met on the bus and at Jeans. <laughs> but uh, do you know that book, I The do. History of Love? I do. What is it? Is it a novel? It's a novel, and um, uh, Nicole Krauss is married to Jonathan Safran Foer, and um, and you know I think they're they're one of the power couples of of literary Brooklyn dumb. I, I think they do live in Brooklyn. Uh, and and her books are uh, her or, or the history of love is is just beautifully another beautifully written novel about um, about relationships and time. So what should she read next? Well, I'm sure she's read Jonathan Safran four. Um, should she read the Vacationers by Emma Stroud? The Stroh? Vacationers would be exactly in that same um, uh, demographic. Yeah, would be in that demographic. Another one that she might want to read is another book that I just finished uh, called 2 A.M. at the Cat's Pajamas. Which is a club? It, which is a jazz club uh, by a woman named Marie Helene Bertino. But we can talk about that later. We should Let's do more questions. All right, fine. Um, uh, well, here's, here's Gabrielle uh, Nonast. I think that's right, Nonast. Uh, love this idea, Reading Wild by Strayed, uh -huh. uh, The Island by Huxley, Time Traveler's Almanac, Vandermeer, Valentine, Shepard. Boy, there's a stack of books, right? Next on my list are The Acid Test by Schroeder, who I want to come do a talk at Town Hall. Also, Wonder Book by Vandermeer and Familiar by Lennon. Any of those books you don't know? Yes, many of them. Well, good. <laughs> She has she has a yes. stack of books that we need to explore more. Absolutely. What what is Strayed? 
you know, Cheryl Strayed. I mean, wild, rather. Yeah, Cheryl Strayed's Wild is just being, just coming out and is a movie with oh, Reese right. Witherspoon. Uh, one That's of right. my She's favorite hiking actresses, across the... hiking the Pacific Coast Trail and sort of coming to terms in the book um, with uh, her mother's death and some bad choices that she's made over her life. So it's become, in contempt for contemporary readers, a real um, a real favorite. That's a long list she has. That's a big totally. stack of books. That almost matches yours, though not quite. Um, Hazel Lynn Singer is just finished And the Dark Sacred Night by Julia Glass. Do you know that? I, um, yes. Now, I, I really love Julia Glass's The Three Junes. That was one of my favorite, um, one of my favorite novels when it came out. I think it won the Pulitzer or one of the big, one of the big three awards. Um, I have not been as fond of her other books as uh, as they've appeared, and and this one, I, based on some reviews that I read, or just just feeling a little bit, um, I don't want to deal with anything in a in a literary novel again. Um, you mean I it's because in the dark night up. is dark? Yeah, it's uh. it's um, all of her books have lightness and dark. I mean, if you will, but I, I just didn't, I wasn't in the right mood. Ah, Hazel, you have to tell us what you think. Highly recommend, she writes, A Constellation of Vital Phenomenon by Anthony Mara. Oh, gosh, absolutely. A Constellation of Vital Phenomenon by Anthony Mara is a first novel by a very young man, still, I believe, still in his 20s, and it's set in Chechnya. And it is just, um, it, it's just an emotional, wrenching, gorgeously written novel about recent history. It's amazing. I mean, you, when you read that book, you would not think that somebody under the age of 30 or even 40 could write that book and, and, and do what he's done. It's a great book. How did he? I, I guess now that you mention him, I saw reviews. I didn't read them. I didn't read about the book. But what? He's just a sensitive, smart person. I mean, he's come up with characters that represent things bigger than themselves, and yet are themselves. And and he and and he and it's a book about kindness and and cruelty and the world and how we deal with sadness and tragedy and happiness it's 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 an amazing amazing book what does he read what does she read following that book um you know if she would be willing to go into the into um, a different part of the library i think that the peter temple books would be would be good um, I think they do that kind of thing. You know where I would go, though? I would go to John le Carre's, um, not, one of his novels is set in Chechnya. I mean, one of John, his more recent novels, huh? Well, like maybe 10 years ago now. But John le Carre had this, had this great talent for, um, for predicting where the next hot spot was. And so when he wrote about Chechnya, nobody in the West was ever, I mean, probably very few people in the West, ordinary people in the West, had ever heard of Chechnya, let alone knew what went on there. And yet he set this great thriller in Chechnya. So That's cool. Yeah, we should look up John le Carre's novel, Chechnya. Uh, from Dana. Who uh, is uh, wrote us on uh, on Gmail? That stack of books at gmail.com. I just like the title. I love the title. I recently read. She said some nice things. Steve Sher and Nancy Pearl, two of my favorite public personages in one place. Perfect on the topic of books. Icing on the cake. I recently read North of Normal by Sia Person. Is it Sia? S C E A. Uh, a memoir of a counterculture childhood currently on Canada's bestseller list. I've read a lot of memoirs. I'm interested in memoirs in general, so any recommendations would be appreciated. Do you know See a Person? Do you know that book? Mm -mm. Let me look it up. So I'm curious. I, I've never heard of that. 
So she loves. We're, we, you know, we're gonna take a picture of this table when we're done and show all the <laughs> cups of, of tea and coffee. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Leave there. the old ones there. <laughs> Are you joking? Uh, no, I'm not joking. Hey, hey, Sarah, how come you, how come you, how come you let us do this at your fine cafe? Well, partly because I really love Nancy, and honestly, this uh, free library out here um, has made, made most of our new customers into avid book readers, like these ladies over here. They're very excited that when, when we get a new bunch of books, my wait staff is reading. It's a big deal. I've read more books, and I have four kids, um, than I have in a year, so it's great. It's great for everybody. That's that's a great answer. I like that. You, thanks. But no. But you know, we were at uh, uh, what were we at? Des the, the the Seattle Design Event Center. No, it was an event down at Occidental Square, and all the, the people who had helped start these little book, these little free libraries, had uh, a display of all the different sorts of uh, contraptions people have used to create these libraries. Yeah. Uh, wheels. Bicycle wheels, all sorts of wonderful things. Yeah. It's such a great phenomenon. And you can walk, I know in many neighbors, but in this neighborhood where we are, in Bryant, yeah. these are all over. Do you see them when you, when you walk around? Oh, they're everywhere. Yeah. There's one on, um, on let's see, what is it when I'm walking down here? On 37th, there's two right in the same block, but one of them changes their their housing for it depending oh, on so what's going on like there's one when the Seahawks were about to you know play in the in the um, NFL championship game the Super Bowl they changed it for the big Seahawks thing and um, for Valentine's Day they do things it's just oh, fun to walk by to there that's yeah. fun that's yeah. great it's really fun but yeah we have people and there are people who go out there and they will talk about the books they'll get in arguments they'll be like having a good time do you remember when we had the group of people yeah with, uh, probably I don't know 20 ish um, and they pulled up a bunch of chairs and they were reading on the side of the road and I, I've never seen anything like it so it's it's great so I believe that the um, that the John le Carre that has something to do with Chechnya is called the most wanted man all right the most wanted man, a most wanted man. A most wanted man. So, who are you? Who are you? My name is Cheryl. And, and I told Cheryl that we were going to ask her two questions. Um, the first one being... Because she'd like to eat her food? Yes. She's eating breakfast right now. I've interrupted her. Um, one was she has two books sitting next to her chair here that she picked up off of the free shelf outside. And so I was going to ask her why she picked out the oh, one Oh, wonderful. I found my favorite author... Kristen Hanna, one of them. Yes. And I'm so excited because I had no idea she had a, n a new book coming out. I don't even care what it's about because I love her <laughs> local flair uh -huh. and the fact that she writes about families and relationships. And, and I love reading about the Pacific Northwest. Do you read other, um, like Leanne Moriarty? Did you? I've not read her. Well, her most... Um, the Husband's Secret is the one that she's an Australian writer. You know, all of these people would be have been relegated to chiclet. Yes, but we yes. don't want to. I, I mean, I hate that, I yeah. hate those labels. I just hate labels in general. So Leanne Moriarty is another writer who, um, even though she's in Australia, does very good family relationships oh, good. and and um, so. The perf oh, little tiny little lies I think, or little small lies, or something is her newest one. I've seen it, and I think that's another one that would be uh, oh, good. very appealing. Good. What, what do you mean? Even though she's in Australia, she does. Well, no, I mean she's not writing about the Pacific oh, Northwest, <laughs> but just the family. But I thought just you were saying family. Australian family. Uh, no, issues. no, no. <laughs> and, but it's set at that one. She, I believe lives in Sydney. I think that's where her family lives. I believe her sister, Jackie Moriarty, I'm, well, any, that's a compliment. I think I, I met Jackie Moriarty when I was in Sydney at the book festival years ago. But um, Leanne Moriarty writes about Sydney. I mean, they're, they're it's contemporary sure. Sydney and in the new one, Little White Lies or Tiny Little Lies. 
I'm going to look it up. Um, it, she, they all live at a place. This the neighborhood is bond is is in real life. I believe Bondi Beach or Bondi Beach, which is a very, you know. Um, great place to live right on the water you know the right. sun is all of, all of that so well yeah, I, so I, I tend would, to I think like those like, I, I know think, I would because yeah. I like um, one of my other favorites is I don't know how to say her first name if it's Ellen or Elin Hildebrand uh-huh Nantucket yeah never been there have no idea what it's like but I feel like I've been there because all of her books are written about there and right families relationships Oh, you need to read. Have you read Jojo Moyes? Yes, I have. See, in fact, I, the the one about when she caregived um, to the the oh, man. Oh, me before you. Me before you. Yeah, and then I've got two at home that I haven't read because I realize she has a lot yeah, of other books. Me That's before what I you do. is great. Yes, I I find a book, and then if I like it, I read everything they they've written. So I have Kathy Lamb is also one of my favorites. Uh-huh. Um, I haven't read her. Big oh. Little Lies. Yeah, oh, Big Little Lies. Big that's Little the, Lies. That's okay. the Leanne Moriarty. Good. I have to write that down. Yes. What about these other two? Okay, so this one, and again, I've there's not a big description that What's I've it called? in here. But Years I, She Left Us, I'm Catherine really, Ma. I'm um, really drawn to... Authors that write about um, old China and often like China then and China now, and also Japan, Japan and Hawaii. One of my favorite books ever was um, Alan Brennan does Mol- Molokai, Molokai and right. Hawaii or what his books I love. So those are my my very favorites, and then I just grab whatever sounds interesting or whatever's popular in between. That's great. And that one too. This one. That oh, one, this the night one. guest. Um, why did I grab this? The one night now? guest by Fiona McFarlane. McFarlane. Um, well, because it's about a woman in transition. That's good. Who knows? So some of these books you didn't bring, Nancy, and some you did. I brought all those. Yes, books. these these came out of Sarah's right. little stash. And I have more in my trunk. Oh my god! <laughs> Not only is this the best place to come on Tuesday mornings um, having the books out there is heaven for somebody like me yeah a reader a reader that's yes. cool well, the other question I said I would ask her was what she's reading currently well I'm in the middle of Ellen Hildebrand's newest which um, it's it's not my very favorite yet I'm, I'm 40% through and I've put it down a lot. Usually I read from cover to cover. Um, it's good, but it's, it's not as good as her others, I don't think. So I'm hoping it gets a little better, but I'm anxious to finish so I can get started on something else. How fun. Just give it up if you're not really loving it. I usually do, but when it's my fav- one of my favorite authors, I, I carry on. If, if this was not somebody that I already loved, I would put it down. And I actually have put down a Jodi Picoult book, which was sad for me because I love her, but a couple of her latest ones just did not catch me at all. So I, I put it down. Nancy Pearl's dictum, 50 yes. pages oh, and 50 out. 50 pages? Or your age minus, minus your age. Your age. Yeah. <laughs> is, I like that one. because 100 minus your If you're 51 and up. <laughs> Uh, oh, oh, I see. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, I've reached that. Thanks. Well, I, I'll go 100 pages, and that's that's done. If it's not, if I'm not hooked, because I've got so many others I want to read. Yeah, you have a whole stack. Oh, yeah. A stack I'm going of books. on vacation, so I'm I'm now ready. That's great. Yeah. Hey, thanks. Thank thanks you. for letting her drag you and over thank here. You. Tell your friends we'll try to do this every every Tuesdays. Tuesdays are good. Tuesdays are awesome. Fill this place up. My friend and I come every other Tuesday. Catch up on our lives and I grab books. <laughs> Thank you. So nice to meet you. Okay. 
do your last uh, do your last three books on that stack there, or, or whatever books you'd like to talk about. Okay, well, this is, here's an author. One of the things I'm hoping we'll be able to do on this podcast... Whiskey Tango Foxtrot. One of the things I'm hoping we'll be able to do on this podcast is interview authors from around the country. You do that on your Seattle Channel show all the time, I know, don't but you? I'm limited. I can just do 12 authors. I mean, they're half an hour, and... And they're, you know, they're, they're so They're the ones that are coming authors. through. They're the ones who are coming through. So to, to be able to interview somebody, I, uh, I think it would be great. And I think, Steve, the combination of me and you together interviewing would be would be quite fun. Or, or onerous for the person we're talking to. Or onerous. So this is the first, and I haven't discussed this with him at all. Uh, this is a first novel by David Schaefer. S-H-A-F-E-R. It's called Whiskey Tango Foxtrot. So um, So it's a military novel. It, it is not a military novel, although that's using a military... <clears throat> military... Um, what would you call it? What lingo. lingo. I'll go with lingo. Yeah. Military, I know it's code, but... Uh, right. Military lingo for the title. And uh, Ann Patchett was telling me that she, she didn't get the... Um, what Whiskey Tango Frox Trot stood for uh, until her husband told her. So. Yeah, well, it's right there on the top. Right, <laughs> exactly. But I think she might have, well, I don't know if she read the finished book or not, and I haven't seen the cover, or I don't remember the cover of the finished book. So Whiskey Tango Foxtrot. What was interesting to me about this book is that the book that it mostly reminded me of has nothing really to do with this book. I mean, they're not similar at all in plot, but to me, they had the same feeling, and that was Cryptonomicon by Neil Stevenson. Really? And Cryptonomicon has always been one of my favorite, all-time favorite novels, and there's some of the same or a lot of the same spirit in Whiskey Tango Foxtrot that there is in Cryptonomicon. So one of the questions I really wanted to ask um, David Schaefer is, did he read Cryptonomicon? Because when I tweeted about how much I liked this and that I compared it to you know, Cryptonomicon, he said um, he, he took that as a great compliment. So... I, I really want to know whether he whether he read that book. So um, that but, also tells me that he. I mean, I always associated Cryptonomicon also with Pynchon and some of Pynchon's writings oh, too, really? the, like Gravity's Rainbow or, uh-huh. or, or uh, V, oh. just because the density of yeah. the storytelling. Oh, that's and, interesting. Well, this is about um, a, a cabal of. Um, industrialists and media barons who want to privatize information in the cloud. And they'll do that by any means possible. And it's about the three people who come together for various reasons to stop them. So in a way, it fits in with my current predilection to just read thrillers. But it's much more than that. I mean, it's just wonderful, wonderful characters. Characters that you really care about and who have made mistakes in their lives and they're now in their 30s and are living with those mistakes. I, I just um, I just love this book. That's great. Did you and know anything about him, David I, Schaefer? No, nothing. I know nothing about him at all. Um, except that he lives in Portland, so it shouldn't be so hard to get a hold of him. And Heck we're no. on the same time zone. And or we'll Steve, make him. Or we'll just make him drive up here. And Steve, I'm going to give you this um, to read. To read. Do you know what the difference is between the like past this. and the current? No. I have time to read books. <laughs> <laughs> I have time to read books that I can, you know, finish. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> That's great. All right. I'm yes, reading it. So you'll love that. Is it too late to nominate a candidate for Novel of Summer? A paranoid, sarcastic, and clattering pop thriller. This is one reviewer. You like that description? You don't know about paranoid? Um, I think you're going to... I think that, that this takes a lot of our worst fears and plays, plays with them, for sure. Um, 
But you, you, you know, over the over the many years we've talked, Steve, we've talked about the what it means to be a summer read, and oh yeah, and yeah, not. and so I, I don't think this is necessarily a summer read. I mean, this is a this is a there's a lot of depth in here, and oh. and there's a lot of I, I found that I'd be very interested in what you think. All right, I'm reading it. David Schaefer's a young man. Yes, he is. A Portland writer, huh? Yep. Huh? I think he's lived all over. Harvard and a graduate of the Columbia Journalism School. Right. He has been a journalist, a carpenter, a taxi driver, and, briefly, a flack for an NGO. (laughs) Did they really use flack? They do. That is hilarious. I thought that was a a, a word that we just used inside. A flack. But they use it here as a noun, and I always use it as a verb. I must say. No, it's an, it's there. It's a noun too. You're a flack. No, but I always say, oh, here's somebody flacking yeah. their book to me. That's why it's a great or word. Is that a gerund? Well, I think it's a, a it's a novel. It's a noun. It's a verb. It's a gerund. Yeah. Yeah. Here he is flacking me again. Don't flack right. me that. Yeah, right. it's all. It's a great word. And it's and it's F L A C K. So yeah. it's different from. Okay, so um, here's my one question. It's a podcast, so people could pause and write down everything. Am I going to have to make a list of all these books? Because that's going to take me like a week. But okay, I'll I'll, I'll make the effort. Louise Penny, How the Light Gets In. Oh, we're going to talk more now? You have, you have, we have... Oh, uh, we can wait till the next time. Oh, you want to save some? Well, it's been 52 minutes, so that would almost be an hour in radio time. Okay. Whatever, whatever you want. No, whatever you want. No, whatever you want. <laughs> this is charge. gonna be a, this is gonna be a good podcast. <laughs> I'm definitely leaving that. After in. you, Gaston. Isn't there that? that after you, Alphonse. Yeah, right. No, no, after you, Gaston. <laughs> All right. I hope that we. Uh, yeah, there's so many books. I was wandering. Remember when we went to Fantagraphics a few yes, months back? I wandered yeah. back through Fantagraphics last week. There's so many new graphic novels to talk about. I know. The library that way has a yep. whole new stack of, right. of graphic novels to talk about. All right. There's a lot to talk about. And it's uh, so great to get questions from people and, and just have the time to really explore where these books lead us in terms of ideas. Yes. Um, so I'm very much looking forward to that. Me too. That stack of books. Find us at uh, podcast uh, aggregators everywhere. Thank you. Uh, thank you. Thanks for letting me help out. No, thank you for helping out. Thank you. Thank you. For sitting down at the table. All right. Thank you, Brian Cafe. We'll talk next week. Happy reading, folks. <laughs> <laughs>